And now, it's time for that great new game show. It's the PowerShell Podcast. It's all about PowerShell and the PowerShell community. The PowerShell Podcast. Something new, something revolutionary. And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the PowerShell Podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Jordan, with super megastar, Andrew Plaw. Whoa. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and we're, we're recording this one live from the PowerShell Summit. In the flesh. In the flesh. And we have, I think, I think a hero of both of ours yeah. as a guest, Josh King. The Josh King. <laughs> yeah, he's a true professional. A uh, little known fact, he's actually born as, as Josh Peasant, but he, oh, his excellence was so great. He earned it. Yeah, he, he actually r- rose through the ranks. I love a good lineage. <laughs> <laughs> I won't confirm or deny. Leave it up for a minute. it was democratic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, surely. Th- this one is real exciting for me because we spent a lot of time talking about you, but I, I'm excited to be able to talk to you because uh, there's so many things you've done that have a massive impact. Uh, you, Thank you. Yeah, your, your talks on PowerShell for Speed, where you measure commands and how uh, PowerShell 7 was different than Windows PowerShell. Like, There's a lot of similarities, but there were different points. It was important to note, and I really enjoyed that. And it won an argument for me on the internet, making oh, it the most valuable thing I've ever I'm been. I'm glad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it won an argument. There's, there's nothing better than that. It, it, someone on the internet agreed I was right. I mean, how often <laughs> do they change their mind? That's how good, that's how convincing. <laughs> well, to take it back to Summit, so we're here in person, Josh King. Where'd you come from? New Zealand. New Zealand. Oh, that's a... Yeah. Uh, a little bit away? It's a ways away, but um, I didn't have the longest flight here, which... Oh, Gordon yeah. did, yeah. Yes. But you were last year, I believe we met in 2018. Yes. Did we meet at Summit or were we friends before Summit and then we met in person? So oh, I think... definitely before. Yeah. So I'd been live streaming. Yeah. And I had you in the chat quite often. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'd chatted outside of that as well, I think, probably Discord or Slack at the time. And yeah. Then, and then, yeah, finally met in person in 2018. Yep, I remember yeah. that. We just gave a talk to the on-rampers about community, and, and one of the things that I highlighted was how helpful it was for me to have someone to sanity check my first blog post, or just in general, things I was doing, like, how do you, what is this? And just having someone, which that was what you were for me, to point me in the right direction, give me just enough reassurance to actually do it. Um, so I offered to them, like, kind of pay that forward and... But I'm curious from your perspective of things. So like you mentioned, you're doing live streaming where you're writing PowerShell on YouTube videos and uh, I'm coming by and watching them. You're in New Zealand, so I'm waking up super early because <laughs> at this time I got the scholarship to go to PowerShell Summit. So I then needed to really learn PowerShell. So I was ready. Um, but on, on your end, what was it like having someone who was engaged, right? I, I can imagine as a content creator or someone trying to do things, very helpful to know that someone's listening. Yes. And the the best thing about the live streaming was having that live audience there that you could ask for feedback on and get that immediate um, feedback because you quite often, you know, potentially y- you come across three different ways to do something and you just voice that and then in chat, you know, Andrew might say, oh, do it this way. You go, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Or you go, yeah, that's a great idea and you keep going. Yeah. yeah, I I was uh, I mentioned it not to toot my own horn, but to show that people at if they're advanced at PowerShell, they can contribute. If you're a very beginner, asking questions, being engaged, showing support, genuinely consuming things, and saying honest feedback goes such a long way. Um, 
but we, we don't have to rant about that too much. I just love that whole journey. Cause man, it's been a journey. You said five years ago, you know, you were in a different spot in life. Now, five years later, man, your talk today, what I'll say is I feel like Josh King is one of the few people who really, really knows it. Like, you know, everyone knows some topics and it's like, okay, they can speak about it. But man, does Josh know every topic? Like, so what's the we, deal? We don't have a camera here, but I'm sure you can hear me flushing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did a 90 talk on Ansible, smooth as anything. You wrote really awesome blogs back in the day. Really great for me, super influential. What what inspired you to kind of get started and contribute in that way? Did you have people that showed you that? I, I don't know what it was originally. Um, I mean, my blog was effectively started as documentation for myself because there were all these things that I kept learning and forgetting and relearning. So it ended up being documentation for myself because one thing I learned about myself early on is if I've written to a greater extent or read, I can generally recall where I've read it so I can go back and find it, um, which has been weirdly helpful for recalling IT policies and stuff. But if I've written it, I know I've written it and I know where to find it um, to go back to it. Um, and that sort of spiralled from there. So, of course, that led to people actually reading the blog and um, following because of that. And then that spawned off into the live streams and then, yeah, speaking. And, and how'd your career change? It seems like uh, you're in a different spot probably than when you first started that off. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, in, initially, so I started um, my first big job in IT at, in uh, a help desk role. Um, and then during my time there, I learnt PowerShell. And the infrastructure team at that job went, we want you. <laughs> so within that job, because of PowerShell, you know, I moved up into a from help desk into infrastructure. And then from there, yeah, now I'm... Um, effectively working my dream job where I got picked up by Chocolatey and um, um, like literally I wrote a list of two, three or five companies and um, Chocolatey was on that list of um, companies I would effectively drop everything to go work for and um, yeah. Awesome. I Super happy to have ended up there. I remember at the time it definitely sounded like you had a couple opportunities and we're in a pretty good spot to, so I'm, it's very exciting to see you land where where you're treated well and deserve to be. So I imagine resume just says, I'm Josh King. <laughs> Josh King. I mean, your your website for a while, I think you might've changed it, but it was like kinggeek.nz, I yes. believe. So he's like the king geek in all of New Zealand. I believed it. So, I was sold on it. So the only reason that domain came about, the king.geek.nz thing, um, you couldn't just buy a .nz domain at the time. So it had to be something like .co.nz or in my case, I ended up getting .geek.nz because it was cheap. Right. And it made sense. It does. Yeah. So um, now you can buy .nz's, but because everyone else has a king.something.nz, there's a few people that lay claim to it. So no one has king.nz. Can I ask a really challenging question? I what? expect it. What is the best way to send, uh, let me pick a random topic here, toast notifications in PowerShell? Any wow. projects that help with that you can think of? <laughs> that, that doesn't sound set up at all. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so 
I was going to pretend that that module doesn't exist and start talking about the .NET behind the scenes. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> no, I, so I did. I wrote a, a module called Burnt Toast, and of course the name comes about because I love puns. Um, but yeah, that Burnt Toast module allows you to do toast notifications on Windows and Windows Server. So yeah, toast notifications. So the things that like pops up in the bottom right, and there's yep. some, some things you can do with it. Yeah. And so we most pictures. people. Most people have seen them from, say, Outlook. When you get a new email, that's the thing that pops up and says, hey, you've got one new email. And right. So I, I did use your module, uh, and I used it to send out a business opportunity uh, to the company, and oh I, it, it got me zero subscribers. So And I, and guess, I personally apologize where for do that. I, <laughs> where, where do I file my complaint? <laughs> Yeah, Jordan, we did a webcast on the Burnt Toast module, install module Burnt Toast. And yeah, he had a nice little advertisement for his new side career um, where he's dressed like a kitten. Uh, only sysadmin fans. Yes. That sounds, that sounds fitting. <laughs> Shockingly no subscribers. And I don't think it's me. I'm going to blame the module. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so... That module, I, I want to shout out because I know we have a lot of people who listen who aren't like totally aware of it. I know you and I, we've all known about it for a while, but it really is a cool module to be able to write PowerShell and have it pop up things on the screen, especially because it's so easy. You run like one command and you can do it. It's so, ah, the, the serotonin that gets released when you do that. And you can take it and obviously do more advanced things, but it's such a enjoyable module. So install module burnt toast. Yeah, and it's, it gives away for nice customization as well instead of just a normal if you're building like a pop-up are you okay to reboot yes or no you can you can put add images and i don't know i just thought it was more robust it was interesting uh one thing that i did learn that i wasn't aware of is there's no way to really extend past about 20 minutes to have a toast notification pop-up where that module came from which is odd is a random question on stack overflow or possibly super user, one of the Stack Exchange websites where someone just asked, is it possible um, to do a toast notification? So I did like a little bit of research, found the answer, submitted it, and then sort of thought about it for a day or two and went, I can make a module out of that. And then that spun off into the new brand for my website and everything. Yeah. What's the new website? Toastit.dev. Nice. Makes sense. I mean, that's a pretty popular module. Are you in the millions of downloads or? 10. 10 million. Oh, okay. Dang. I can't so, count that high. No. And, and you didn't sit on your laurels with 10 million. It's like, I'm going to revamp everything. So you have a whole new, like, you're looking for an official release you said you were working on? So, yeah, working on V1, which is effectively a full rewrite of the whole thing, which effectively along the way, the underlying .NET, stuff changed and there's better ways of doing things than there was originally. Um, That's a different mindset. If I got 10 million downloads of anything, I just like, yeah, I'm done. It, Nailed it. It was a tough decision. Yeah. But it's also an opportunity to go back and change to fix some of the things I wish I hadn't have done originally in the design process of it. Now, is this a project you're looking for contributors on or are you kind yes, of got it? I would spot? love contributors. Contributors. Okay. And it's on GitHub? It's on GitHub. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. So I know we have a lot of people who message us asking for, hey, how do I start contributing to open source? So to very least check things out. Yeah. I think you have a blog post up there about the current state and, and, a, and, and a call to and action. And where things of, are yeah. going. And, yeah. yeah. I, I'd check that out for sure. 
I probably should have read that before. <laughs> before this. Oh, don't worry. As usual, I've done the research. Thank you. Carry me. Carry me, man. All right. So it was, it was 2018 your first uh, convention as well, your first summit? Or have yes. you been? All yep. right. And it was my first big public speaking thing as well, which. So your first time huge. you did speaking. And Andrew's first time he did a lightning, a lightning demo. demo. And here I am. I'm learning from the best, right? Here I am fourth or fifth time and I haven't done jack. Uh, you just gave a session with me. Yeah, just now. That. So come on, let's nailed see. it. The data. Where's my Where's my speaker tag? One Andrew zero Jordan. <laughs> I hear Corey Knox is selling the speaker tags. If you go and see him, <laughs> Corey. Corey, it's been great to meet him in person as well. It's such a such a fun week getting to catch up with everybody, and man, it feels like it's been so long since we hung out. But I got to ask, you said your first time public speaking doing the conference thing was in 2018. How did you handle that? How was it? Because you seemed like a cool cucumber when we were hanging out. So I was actually really fortunate, the timing of it. In the probably three months leading up to it, my work was doing this, um, effectively a competition um, for management stuff, which included public speaking. So for three months we were doing exercises like, hey, you've got 10 minutes, come back and do a five-minute presentation on this topic. Um, and that involved doing things in front of the senior management team and all of that, and then finally going to do a, the competition. So literally the three months leading up to it, got all sorts of training, and um, and I was also able to use that group um, from my work as a um, group that I could deliver my talk to for here ahead of time and get some feedback on from a non-technical perspective. So they were there watching for presentation style and how much I said um, which I can't get over still, but I've just embraced it now at this point. So it sounds like your secret <laughs> was just being well-prepared. A true professional, like I, I said very early I, on. I, I never pro. thought of that. Well-prepared. Yeah, what? Oh, sorry, I'm just going to... Drink coffee. So the th you said, uh, you, I just said, uh, myself, you said, um, a lot. Those are uh, filler words. And if you do uh, Toastmasters, which I know you work with, Corey, who is a big time adv advocate for that, they'll, they'll count those. And uh, what I found in my time in Toastmasters is that it doesn't eliminate them. You just become aware of them. Yes. And I don't know if that's helpful. <laughs> I, I am very aware of them, but I've accepted it, them. It, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I got to dig more into this whole what you expected from your career versus where it is. Cause like, again, like I say, you come across as like this true professional. When you got into IT, you mentioned uh, getting started more like a help desk or regular IT type thing. What did you expect from your career? Cause I would imagine it's a little bit different, but how did that change? And I don't know what I expected and where I was actually planning on going. I just knew I wanted to be in IT. So, um, I wasn't really looking too forward into the future at the time because, you know, when I got my break into IT, I was coming from um, jobs at sawmills and working with timber. So for the longest time, I joked I was more qualified to work with wood than servers because I literally, on paper, was. I had certifications in timber manufacturing. Um, That's a career I've change. I've changed it now. Right. <laughs> I have certifications in IT. <laughs> Which modules do you have out for timber? Um, PS Woodline <laughs> Head Saw. Um, <laughs> now I'm going to have to go register that so it's up on the PowerShell gallery. I mean, just think about it like this. 
you're an international speaker, PowerShell expert, blah, 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 all these kind of wild things that it just seems like you're a regular guy in a lot of ways, but man, there's also this other side where you've accomplished such great things. It's, it's so cool. Don't make me bring up the clapping in the lobby. Oh gosh, you have to bring up the clapping in the no. lobby now. Yes. <laughs> so yes, when, when Josh came in, so we were here for, I think a day or two before you got here. And we had a big group that was going to go out to dinner that I was organizing. And we were by the front of the hotel where the people check in and we see Josh. I saw Josh. I was like, Josh King. I haven't seen him in five years. Very excited. What did I start doing? I started clapping. And because this group of people, about 15, they were following me to dinner. I, I made the reservation. They didn't know what was going on. They just see the guy clapping. So it must be. And then the whole lobby starts clapping for Josh King, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, gosh. Highlight of my week. But... I'm going to say that's the most fitting. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. For I, a king. I, I did have someone in that group lean over and like, should I know who that is? <laughs> Bring him down to earth. Bring humble Josh. Yes. Tell him yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, I said, yes, he should. Because uh, like I said, I won an internet argument. I just can't. Right? <laughs> yeah. But that wasn't the end of the cheering. I think that we cheered for you again as well, right? Oh, it was at the bar like the next night. Yes. We're at a different table and we just hear everyone clapping for Josh. And I stood up at my table. It's like, everybody, we have to clap. It's Josh. <laughs> They're like, what's going on? I thought we were just eating. You know, you know, the weird part is he doesn't even find it weird. He's just so used to random bursts of applause when he enters a room. He's just No, I, I, I think I had some choice words and went back to my room. <laughs> <laughs> If it makes everyone feel better, they definitely got revenge on me the next day. I was uh, on Monday, I had one of the first sessions for normal sessions. <clears throat> and to start things off, I had some friends there. I think Judd, you, some other chocolatey peeps and Judd, I believe. Can we blend this one on Judd? Why not? Why not? <laughs> I think Stephen Judd starts clapping and has everyone clap thunderously because, oh, what happened was the rooms next to us were cheering like before it was supposed to start. Yes. So we're all standing there awkwardly. It's quiet and everyone around us is like having a great time in the rooms that we can't see. And so when it came time for us to start, they wanted to be louder than everyone else mm -hmm. by about five times. Yes. Like, I, I don't know, the meme factor, people really bought into it. We, we and, crushed it. Yeah. I and was, we got laughter from that room that we were out doing. <laughs> I heard that through the wall. Oh. I, I had uh, someone come up to me after, like, what happened in that room? Like, oh, we introduced Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a living meme, a living. I can't take it too serious. Jordan shilled me in real life for the first time, and it, it was very uncomfortable as well. In a room of uh, 20 people, he's just saying like things, and I just have to look at everyone's face as they hear how amazing I am at shilling and all this. It's just, you're such a well-oiled machine of shilling that without proper hype, uh, we might lose it. So it's important that, uh, you know, I give an accurate representation of where you're at right now. It's all about the oil. I would be a broken machine if it weren't for the oil. <laughs> Bunch of nuts and bolts, man. And no particular order. So, so far in Summit, uh, what are your feelings about this one? Me in particular, this has been my favorite hands down. And a lot of it is because we're getting back to normal. Uh, there's been, I think, feedback that's been accepted. And I've been more involved in making sure I'm just out communicating with people. I think between those two things, this is my favorite to date. And this is my favorite week of the year every year. How, how, how has this one landed for you? Yeah, I've... I've been loving this week. It's been good to be, get back. 
um, seeing everyone. I know there's a ton of first-timers here, but it still feels like looking around the room, I know basically everyone, which is odd considering I haven't met, obviously, at least two-thirds of them because they're all first-timers. Um, yeah, the sessions have been great. Of course, my my, uh, my talks were both yesterday, so I had to stress for three days before I could finally relax and fully enjoy other people's talks, but um, at least it wasn't on the last day, like 2018. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, tuned out. I'd have completely forgotten I was supposed to be talking until and Andrew texted me about five minutes to go. It's like, hey, uh, you need to show up. <laughs> I want to pivot to ask Josh, man, do you deal with imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah. All the time? All the time. All the time? That's why I can't take the applause with a straight oh, face. Right. Oh, <laughs> I can relate to that. Yes. But no, in, in all seriousness, yeah, absolutely. I, um, All the time. All the time. And it's a weird situation to be in a spot where so many people look up to you and like, oh, this guy. But then you're experiencing very similar feelings to them and very similar self-doubts yes. probably. Yep. Do you ever, how do you deal with it? Do you just kind of suffer through it? You got any good coping strategies you want to hit us with? Because I, I need some. You've got to, well, you know what you know, and you've got to, yeah, be okay with with that. Um, but also, you know, further down the track, if you are doing the types of things that give me imposter, imposter syndrome, like speaking or like um, blogging, um, you just have to remember that um, people aren't necessarily there for the technical content. That's part of it. But they're there for your story around it as well and your perspective on it. That's fair. It's great to hear and doing the podcast and being here in person. It's so interesting to hear how everyone is kind of experiencing things from their own perspective, which kind of makes sense. But we're all looking up to someone who's feeling shy and looking up to someone who's looking up to someone. And it's this big kind of circle of we're all in this together. And I found that communicating about things and being there for other people and reminding them like, hey, you know, it's going to be okay. It goes such a long way because these for me, issues seem to be cyclical. They kind of come back. I can remind myself, hey, you can do a public talk. And then I start to doubt. And then I succeed and finish it and said, I knew I could do it, right? <laughs> I didn't totally almost quit. No. <coughs> Are we going to try the common parameters when I don't have them in front of me? See, oh, see if I can remember them? Does this guy do his job enough? Because we, <laughs> we know that Josh King is brilliant, but can he handle the common parameters? <laughs> He, he looks he looks steely eyed and look resolve nervous as all heck <laughs> all right n number one what's one time you made a mistake at work and what did you learn from it hmm i took down uh storage when i wasn't meant to um and when we brought it back up half of it was gone <laughs> um now, that wasn't necessarily me, but I was the one typing at the keyboard. Um, so what I learned from that is basically to trust my gut because I was getting feedback from someone else who in this case was the support person um, and I perhaps hadn't communicated the issue we were having correctly, um, but they gave me commands to run. I typed them in and put... Um, at the time I was typing in and I go, this doesn't 
seem right, but they know what they're talking about, enter. Um, and almost immediately, I had a dashboard sitting up just in my peripheral vision, and almost immediately I started seeing red dots and heart sunk. Oh, and, no. um, luckily, so I, I learned to trust my gut more. We got everything back. Um, that was some good whiteboarding sessions with the team and, you know, um, working in a team that had trust um, amongst everyone and um, we just got together and brought it all back up and fixed the issue. But so yeah, right. that, that was, that all, that at the time felt like a resume generating event. Oh, yeah. So one, one common theme I think we picked up on this is every single one of those examples almost across the board is something that could be resume generating. But in every case, uh, ownership was taken and they were part of the solution after. And in that case, it's not. So I, I think that resume generating is only if you lack accountability for the mistake or... You well, you're in a toxic environment anyway. And With no psychological safety. Yeah. Yes. Where if any mistake you get, everyone else in your team, that person got fired. Yeah, that's going to have a pretty negative impact on your team's ability to do things. Yes. And the third one would be continuing the same mistake. I think those are the three. So... Yeah, as long as, no matter how big a mistake is, generally speaking, if you are part of the solution, you take ownership, then almost always you're going to come out better at your job and uh, just not without employment usually. <laughs> all right. He did all right. It's okay. That was not okay. All right. Let's get harder. Though. So, don't, don't rest on your laurel. It's not over. All right. With all of your vast IT knowledge now. Uh-oh. If you, could, if you go back in time, what is one bit of advice you could give to your younger self just starting out? And it can't be woodworking related. <laughs> um, I would have got into coding, but specifically PowerShell, a lot earlier. Um, I feel like I could have skipped a bunch of my earlier stuff if I had. Because I always knew I was getting into IT. Um, I just took a weird path to get there. Um so yeah, I, well, actually, I guess my in in that case, my advice to myself would have been just to go for the IT thing sooner rather than thinking that I couldn't. Yeah. Okay, right. he's getting better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to step up the questions a little bit. I don't know. This third one though is is basically impossible. <laughs> yeah, who could who could think on the spot of a question like this? What are your three favorite modules? Oh, burnt toast is absolutely oh, I, I, well. I'm not going to go for the easy one yet. <laughs> um, import Excel. That one is brought up all of the time. Yeah, because it's a good one. that one um, I used for a lot of management reporting for because I well I ended up doing a whole Azure function where I could send an Excel sheet and it emailed it back to me with um, company branding on it using Import Excel, which was Awesome. That's a cool project. Yes. Um, ooh, favorite modules. You I'm not going to have to fall back on burnt toast already. Oh, you do. I? You should. You should, because we want more people to check it out. No, I'm saving that for number three. Okay. okay. Number two. <laughs> do you like the console? Do you like your history? Maybe oh, actually, I guess, well, it's not really a module anymore. Um, I was going to say, oh, my posh. Oh, right. For the prompt. That's fair. Um, I'll, I'll claim it's still a module. 
It's hey, it's something for our viewers. One second, we're going to hold cancel, see if we're going to allow it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Approved. Good. We'll allow it. Okay, good. I'll, I'll go back, I'll fire up my laptop, and I'll go back to the module <laughs> version of it just to make this qualify. Um, and the, I guess number three is legitimately um, burnt toast, because I do actually personally use it quite a bit. Me too. It's new. I was I was new to it when we did the webcast on it, and I had a lot of fun making oh, stuff with that one. It's pretty amazing. You need it in your toolkit. It is so yeah. nice to know, hey, I can post things interactively yeah. if I need to. When yeah. my long script is done, I can know. And what's cool is if you're running PowerShell 7.1 or above, you can do events and stuff based off them as well. Um, events. Events. So you can click a button and something in PowerShell can happen. Oh, so you can tie like a on-click Event, event on a button on the button of the or, toast notification yep. popping. Or you up. can pop a toast uh, text field on there, and you can capture that output of the text field or a drop-down box or so anything. This can be used for some really cool automation. But that, is stuff that I didn't requires seven point one because of a .NET change in PowerShell. Good to know that enabled it. I need to revisit. I, I did learn that if you're going to be using a Dolly-generated image, be careful. Yes, because. <laughs> <laughs> I sent out some some questionable burnt toasts to people in the office. Apparently, oh, <laughs> oh that's a cool use though. <laughs> Randomly generate things. It could be definitely dicey. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. We've wanted to interview you for a long time, and the fact that we got to do it in person, I think, is just extra, extra. awesome. For it us. really is. It's been worth the wait, Jordan. I mean, yeah. sorry. Josh, yes. where can people find you? Where can we keep track of what's going on in the world of Josh? Okay. Now I need to remember the silly Mastodon um, username. Um, no. Uh, so you, I'm, my website is toastit.dev. Um, I'm technically still on Twitter at WindowsNZ. And right. I'm on Mastodon at Windows at Mastodon.nz. Um, I need a shorter URL for that one. Right. I, those are pretty long. Toasted.dev, I believe, was your website you mentioned yes. earlier. Yep. Some great blogs on there. Some old blogs on Some there, old too. Old blogs. <laughs> That's true. Old but good. Yeah. And thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Since, since we're stapling two of these together, I'm not even going to give you a hype for the shill. Just, I have to shill? Just, I didn't just have a, that. Yeah, but you get no hype. It's the middle of the episode, though. Okay. Like, comment, subscribe. Hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter at PowerShellPod. He's at DevOps Jordan. I'm at Andrew Plotek. We have an email, PowerShellPDQ.com. You can hit us up with questions. You need advice. You want to tell us something that we don't know, something we need to share with our awesome audience. Amazing. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Have a great day. Still got it. Thanks for joining us, Josh. Thank you. So we're back at the uh, bar session at Summit, and we have special guest Stephen Buker. Who is engineer on the PowerShell team? Let him say team. it back. We, we, oh. What's the name? Let's hear it. So, yeah, my name is Stephen Booker. 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 Oh, Yo, you're close. You know, a, uh, Booker. Okay. <laughs> Andrew was calling it Boucher earlier, Boucher, yes. which, you know, a little off, but, you know, it's, uh, it's all good. Right. So, all right. So now, now that we have with the correct name. Yeah. Stephen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to book. You want me to say it again? Uh, Booker. Booker. You're going to yes, book it. Right. There you go. Mm. <laughs> you're gonna, <laughs> I like that. I've heard that one <laughs> like, before. All right. So you are. Uh, in engineer on the PowerShell team. I am a product manager product on the manage, PowerShell manage, team. Manage. Yes, okay. yes. So I am one of the uh, a handful of project managers we have on the PowerShell team. I'm probably the newest member to the team, only joined about a year and a half ago. Uh, very fresh to PowerShell, very fresh to the community. Um, still feel like I'm learning so much from everyone. And uh, yeah, like uh, very new to the world of 
IT, develop, DevOps, yeah. PowerShell, automation, everything. Awesome. That's exciting. I, I remember years ago, whenever I first got started, I think in 2018, I believe I recall seeing Sydney in the same kind of spot yeah. where you are, where she's just getting started, yep. seen her on Twitter a little bit. I'm like, oh, cool. PowerShell team? This is awesome. Like, <laughs> it's It's been awesome how the PowerShell team has been involved in the community uh, over the years. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think for me, when I first joined, um, you know, being honest, I, you know, I, I wasn't too familiar with PowerShell when I first joined. Right. And quickly I, I learned about it and I learned about uh, the the impact that it has. But then I learned about the community. Right. And that was a whole other thing. Like, the, I had no idea that there was this gigantic community out there for PowerShell. I had no idea that there was conferences held across the world for PowerShell. Yep. So much content online. I mean, yeah. you know, when I first joined and was learning PowerShell, I did, you know, same thing I'm sure Sydney did when when she started and most of us started with it where we we watch uh you know content from Jeff Hicks and Jason Kalmick and Jeffrey Snover and uh Don Jones and just you know some of the 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 PowerShell uh pros in the, in the community but you know I see I get so much there's only so, there's also so many cool blogs from from you know new folks to the community. I have a lot of folks asking me to you know this week, how do I get into this community? What is this community? And so it's it's really powerful. It's really cool. It is really awesome. And it's great to have the community be awesome, but also, you know, the culture at Microsoft and being open to feedback Absolutely. and understanding that there's value in communicating with the community and actually putting your money where your mouth is and actually doing it is awesome. Now, I have a question about uh, pr project management generally. When you came into your career yeah. um, and started at Microsoft and started doing this, did you have the same understanding that you do now on how communication works and how communicating with an audience? Like, is that a thing that's more pushed by Microsoft than maybe your previous education? Yeah, um, I, can, I can give a little bit of background about my, my education and, and kind of what, what led me to this path. Um, so I think that might might help answer yeah. it. I don't know if I have a perfect answer for that just because it kind of, yeah, it, it, you never know where you're gonna be, you never know what experiences you're gonna do that that help, help you down the line, but, um, I, I recently graduated college about a year and a half ago uh, from Santa Clara University. Um, I studied computer engineering there. I was actually uh, very interested in robotics and firmware engineering as well as embedded systems engineering. Um, so I did a lot of robotic work. Uh, I also worked as a uh, SRE for a summer, firmware engineer for a summer, software engineer, uh, machine learning software engineer. I kind of was all over the place in, in as far as tech interests go and um, got interested in, in uh, kind of business and, and the, the bigger picture items uh, a little bit in college. And, and it, it uh, my university had a, a entrepreneurship minor uh, in the Levy School of Business at Santa Clara University um, that really piqued my interest. Uh, because of the courses that it provided, it really talked about building a company from all sorts of different angles. We would kind of grow in this progression from just an idea to what does it take to, to do this from an accounting standpoint, from a product actual you know mechanical engineering standpoint, from a end-to-end -end standpoint, we presented to VCs. It was very a startup-centric ideology that I really loved um, and got experience with uh, while I was in college working for a variety of startups um, and kind of found myself leaning more towards this kind of uh, big-picture uh, product pr product development, I would guess, is is what really interested me in the in this space. And so, uh, when Microsoft asked me if I wanted to go on the software engineering track or the PM track, I was like, 
you know what, maybe maybe product management is is for me. I, I'm kind of interested in product development, solving problems with with building these products, and uh, you know, figuring out that puzzle because it's it's not it's a tricky puzzle. So it is. These are <laughs> complex problems. It's also combining very unique skill sets because you have to be highly technical. Yes. And you have to be able to manage other people that are highly technical. Well, yeah, I'd say that's probably the biggest challenge for me is, um, you know, I, I study computer engineering. I understand. I can read code. I can understand most technical terms. But, boy, I am I am lost sometimes. <laughs> but, hey, it's, it, it's, it's a, a great learning thing for me. And so I, I'll be the first to admit that I don't know something. And I think, you know, being kind of ignorant that way is also kind of fun sometimes to dig into deeper why we're doing things and why why it makes sense to go down this route. Yep. I, I don't know is uh, underappreciated, I think, as an answer. Like some people are afraid to give, I don't know, like it's going to be some sort of horrible pox if you don't know, but it's it's there's value in saying, I don't know this now, I can't figure it out. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, and, and it's not to say I'm perfect at it either, right? You know, I kind of, it, it's, um, it takes time, it takes confidence, it takes uh a certain kind of mood to to be able to be like yeah i i don't know i don't want to derail this meeting because i don't know what this product or you know what this term people are using are i don't want to like i'm scared to do that it, it's i still struggle with it so i'm, I'm not going to say i'm a pro at it i'm getting better but you know it's uh something i'm i'm i know i need to do to to make make things work and make things successful right so. and you'll keep getting better and these are the skills that exactly. last an entire career and to me are some of the most important is being able to communicate being able to get to the answer sooner right efficiency type stuff yeah um but to bring it back to the conference i know you've been talking giving some talks talking about yep. some stuff so you said you're a product manager or project manager was it well so we've gone through title changes okay. in the past year so i started as a program manager okay and then <laughs> i am now a product manager okay same kind of vibe same exact yeah gotcha. it's a title change it doesn't you know nothing changed about my responsibilities anything like that i um yeah so so in in product management you know we we do a lot of these presentations we want to talk to the customers you know understand our product how it's being used what people are, are doing in in their other work uh, around it and how you know powershell can be an improvement to that or or whatever kind of Greenfield things we want to we want to add to PowerShell. So I, I did um, I helped with the state of the shell presentation this year at at Summit, which was very exciting, pretty daunting, but you know it was pretty exciting. Um, got to share some cool stuff about PowerShell telemetry, demo some cool things about um, you know piping to native piping between native commands, some predictor stuff. I also had a session earlier this week called Shell Enhancements, where I talked about some of the improvements that we've been making to uh, PS Readline predictors, as well as something new that um, I'm, hoping to, I'm hoping to talk about more soon called feedback providers. Um, right. You know, well, they yeah. are, uh, you know, they're, I mean, I'm going to be writing the documentation and the blogs in the next couple of weeks to really launch these. Nice. Um, we were going through a number of design changes, so I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't have enough time, to be quite honest with you, to, to get it out before, before Summit. But um, I'll be publicizing that uh, pretty pretty soon. But those are kind of the after the execution error uh, type of ways we can help recover you from errors quicker uh, after after they occur. Right. Simply put. Yeah, I love that. It seems like the team has been, and I saw this last year, investing in the shell slash console experience and making it more usable and yes. better and 
it's such a relieving thing to see because we are people who use PowerShell. We're there all the time mm -hmm. and making that experience more seamless, quicker to see the errors and say, hey, what went wrong? Yeah. I, I love those enhancements and improvements. And it sounds like we're going to have to get you back when everything's written and published and we're ready to, to preach to the masses and tell them how to get started with it. Yes, yes, definitely. And uh, yeah, I think that's definitely my, been my wheelhouse these past couple months or I mean past year and a half really is uh, the interactive console experience, how we can improve that as well as kind of some improvements to the editor experience as well. What kind of features might make sense in say your VS Code extension for PowerShell. Um, that's been going through a big just fundamental uh, work needed on that to, to get into a stable version. But, you know, we're hoping we can make some more feature improvements in that space as well. So. Awesome. And shout out Dongbo. He shout is an out to awesome Dongbo. engineer. Dongbo Wang is our principal engineer on the PS Readline project. He and I work very, very closely together with uh, the stuff. He showed up at my session, helped me with Q&A and uh, uh, was sitting front row and scaring me to death in the front. No, <laughs> but no, Dong Dongbo is brilliant and, and he's... Uh, just been wonderful to work with. So he's been just churning out lots of stability stuff um, that we've been working on in PS Readline. Uh, we have the latest beta as of recording this is PS Readline 2.30 beta zero. Um, we hope to put another beta out soon um, with some other changes to list view in predictors. And um, yeah, we'll see where, where it goes from there. Nice. I, I've noticed uh, this year, like uh, Microsoft's always been present at Summit. Yes. But it feels like the last couple of years has been you're there for day one and then kind of fade out of the background where this year it feels like every single session block has someone from the Microsoft team talking about something. Is that by design or is there like a some sort of restriction lifted where you can jump in more or? Well, I, 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 there was no, it was not by design per se. I think we wanted to, for the PM team, we block out this whole week once in advance, uh, at least for this year's one. I think last year's, it was still a little around, little hesitation around COVID. Um, a number of our folks, you know, we are a pretty remote team. So a number of, of our, our folks can't easily get here, um, super well in, in Bellevue, but, uh, for the folks who were were here, um, we we tried our best to to show up every day and and be part of this this summit. Um, we want to make sure people know that we're we want to be you, you guys. Yeah, the community is very important to us, and uh, we want to we want to show our appreciation. Um, yeah, to that. and that's something that we identify in a lot of our podcasts is that if you're making a product or something like that understanding your customer helps in so many ways. Oh, it makes absolutely. you make sure you're designing the right things, making sure if you're not going the right way, you kind of get that feedback. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's cool to see that, you know, the, the company that made the language that we all use also shares a lot of the same values that we yeah. share in this community. Well, we had a special thing. I, I don't know if we, uh, Jim Truer, yeah. one of the original uh, program managers on PowerShell was here earlier this week. He showed up for a session on Crescendo with Jason, Jason Helmick. Um, and that was really cool to see. And so he was answering some questions about kind of, uh, his, his product, of course, Crescendo, but also kind of more historical stuff around PowerShell. Oh, so nice. it's, it's great to have these kind of knowledge bases very close to us who are, or when I say us, me, who is very new to this kind of PowerShell world. I, I learned quite a lot from Jim and, and, um, some of the, the more experienced guys on our team. Yeah. He's awesome. That was a, a fun session because Jason Helmick was his normal self where he was pacing back and forth and it was full of energy and then jim was sitting in the chair and every time it got too technical he just pipe in with the exact answer yep. and then step back out and then it's back to jason with his it was a, it was a nice duo yeah yeah no they, they're a great duo and uh jim's a i mean he's a natural born teacher as well um they're all both of them together can really 
really shines. So, so I have a question about PowerShell. You mentioned your some kind of manager product program, something related to PowerShell. <laughs> but I know PowerShell's open source and there's modules that aren't owned by PowerShell. So what does the PowerShell team do? I know they got the PowerShell repository. They have some projects like PS Readline. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a, a general outline of like what you all are responsible for? Sure. So um, all of us PMs kind of share responsibility with uh, for PowerShell. PowerShell. I'm referring to our GitHub repo URL. Right. PowerShell. PowerShell. It's just easier to kind of say it that way. But right. uh, main, our main PowerShell core engine, we're all kind of um, you know poke our heads in on that repo to help triage and help push issues out. Um, I'm responsible for a number of uh, the release pipelines every month that we do. So. Um, uh, I, I focus on those and improvements to those, making sure we get them out on time. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I'm particularly also focused on PowerShell telemetry. So, uh, what we're ingesting, how we can interpret it and how we can, um, learn from it to make the product better. Um, that's our number one, uh, thing is how we can use this to make this better, um, for, for the users they have. And, uh, yeah, I, I I work specifically on PS Reline, but as far as your kind of original question around you know external modules, I mean we 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 help support um, a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams in Microsoft who who have PowerShell modules, so it's 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 pretty hard to get everyone. But we we work to kind of help make sure that you know there's compliance requirements to kind of have PowerShell modules when there's new uh, Azure services uh, uh, launched. But um, we also offer kind of internal support through office hours as well as just general as needed requests from from customers. So very cool. Um, yeah, that's kind of where we help that way. But um, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, here's where I'm going to go because you said PS Readline, and that's one of those modules where people listen to our podcast, they'd never heard of it. We tell them about it, yeah. blows their mind. Yeah, it really does. And that's not even including a lot of the more recent improvements. So if people want to get started with PS Readline, um, what should they do? Install module PS Readline? Are there well, some features so, they should be looking for? Yeah. So to give a little background, PS Readline is an inbox module that really brings a lot of enhancements to your editing experience, a lot. Your, your console experience uh, in the shell. Um, this includes stuff like, you know, a command R search uh, for, you know, history, history itself, predictors are our biggest thing, some rendering stuff, um, you know, all sorts of options that way. Uh, PS Reline is, is, is installed by default in a number of systems, however, you may not have the latest version. As of recording, the latest version is 2.26, 2.2.6, um, excuse me. Um, but, uh, we usually just say 2.2, right. um, and we hope to have 2.3 out soon. Um, but, uh, you can install module PS read line, allow, you know, pre-release if you want to get the pre-release force, if you want to have it installed side by side, your PowerShell engine will, um, pick up the latest version and just work with that. Yeah. And what I love about PS read line is. You get started simple, but it is very, it can go places and really customize your shell experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, PS Realign is also responsible for some of the key handlers. So you can, there's a whole slew of functions that are unbound key handlers that you can right. look at. Uh, like to, a hotkey kind of thing. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Like a hotkey. Your key handlers and hotkeys are, are pretty synonymous, I'd say. And um, those are pretty powerful. Um, predictors, I said, of course, are, are very powerful. There's a bunch of PS Readline options that you can look at. Um, just search get uh, get dash PS Readline options. Yep. 
Um, and then of course set them if, you know, based on what you want to change. Um, we, we support a lot of coloring for some of the options that we include for PS Reline, so you can customize it to, to what you want. Um, yeah, it's, pretty sweet. It's, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. With before PS Reline, I don't think there's a global history, right? I think before PS Readline, if all the commands you run, whenever you're done, you can't like check that history. And with PS Readline, well, I think, I think it went to a file you could look up, but potentially yeah so i mean ps reline today there's i mean there's two kinds of histories i guess if we want to get more technical with it there's kind of your session history what that get dash history will will pull from but we also have a ps reline history that is persistent across sessions right um that really enables the predictor the the ps reline history predictors um, because you know you're not <laughs> you're gonna close a session like you oh, want yeah. the thing you ran like a couple weeks ago and uh, I've been seeing it all over Summit today. People are using sessions or using their history and the list view of it, where it shows kind of a, a an enumer enumerated list of the ten last things or or so on uh, to help them demo a lot. Because it, oh, if you run long yeah. commands, it's uh, you don't want to fat finger something or just you know mistype something, and uh, it's it's great for for kind of going back on that. So even if you don't remember the exact syntax, you can kind of start, oh, I know oh, this started sure. with X, Y, Z, and it will kind of yep. help you fill it out from there, even if it was months ago. But you're always welcome to edit that file. You can find where that file is saved in uh, you know, your PS3 line options and yep. then edit it that way if you want to delete certain things, add certain things, whatever you want. Yeah, I love that file. Uh, and just if you have never used PS3 line, the first thing to do, make sure you got it on there, control R. And type in a command you've typed in before. Yep. Uh, you, you said command R, control R, whatever you're on. And that does, it looks through your history and matches what you've typed to previous commands. I use it all the time. There, You mentioned the list view. There may be better ways to go about it, but it is so crucial to my experience with PowerShell. And writing functions and going about, um, you know, running an interactive command and then turning it into something else. PS Reline's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of our most popular, we do like a three questions at the end. What are your favorite modules? PS Readline is up there for most people. <laughs> if you know PS Readline and the impact it has, you appreciate it. Yep. It's been, yep. A, it's a pretty amazing one. I, also, I just hate typing. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't do a lot of unique who, who things. Who does like it? So. Yeah. Well, we're, we're designing in a way, and, and I'll talk about kind of my philosophy around what I want to do with PS Readline, um, is, you know, I, I want to design in a way that feels extremely natural to the users and extremely assistive, but not in a way that is too jarring or disruptive to the users. We want to make sure people can easily, you know, get what they need done in the console. Maybe if they don't like typing, they have the ability to kind of, you know, accelerate it that way. But if they do like typing, they get the assistance they need, you know, pre and post execution. We want to be able to make sure that we can help you when we can. Um, that's kind of really what we want to do. We're designing for a natural feeling uh, thing because there, there is assistance everywhere in, in kind of, um, facets of, of technology that we don't necessarily recognize. Think of the URL, just searching history that way. That was a very simple thing, but you know that has a lot of complexities to it as well. And so if I, I kind of look at that to also inspire some of the capabilities that we could bring to BS Readline that could help uh, accelerate the users, but it's, it's, there's a million ways to do it. So it's, it's hard to, uh, to find the right way. And I'll just say, definitely check out his session whenever you can see it. I think it was like improving shell usability. I don't remember the title. It was called it. Uh, shell, uh, shell Enhancements. Shell Enhancements. Shell Enhancements, Yeah, yes. and if, if you hear the way that Steven approaches and thinks about making things better, like you just get the vibe like, wow, he's really put some thought into this. This is a complex situation where there's a lot of points where things can happen, yeah. um, but you have a pretty 
it seems nice way of going about approaching that problem. Yeah, I mean, it, we we have to think a lot about it because we're we're impacting millions of people oh, based yeah. on you know what we. I mean, we 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 talked for months about uh, enabling history for, by default, and I was very pro. We just got to do it. People like it's already integrated in a lot of things people do. I don't think people are going to notice, and we have not got a single complaint since about it. I mean, I you know don't quote me on that. There, I'm sure there's someone right, who's right, not right. too happy with it. But, but like yeah, here they come. Yeah, enabling, <laughs> exactly. Here we go. Did I open the plug? No. <laughs> enabling history. You're referring to PS Readline history. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Uh, so PS Readline uh, predictor history is enabled by default in the latest right. versions. Um, Plugins are also enabled, but you don't have any plugins installed. So if you install any predictors, they will be available by default now. And you know a challenge that the PowerShell team deals with, and I'm saying this not from experience because I'm not on the team, but there's a massive user base like you just mentioned. Yes. But the people who are using it to the highest level is a lot smaller or who are like reading the repositories and checking things out is less than millions. It, it is. I mean, we like we have a huge GitHub community. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But, you know, in the grand, ski, grand scale of, of the amount of users we have, I think it, it does. Um, it is a fraction of the amount of users that we, we actually have. And so we have to make sure that we're designing for both. Yeah. Um, which is very challenging because we have a very silent minor majority, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it's, it's tricky. It's it tricky. is. So, but uh, it's something we want to, you know, of course, big priority for us is our community and our GitHub users. So we love feedback there. That's kind of why we, you know, yeah, I mean, we sound like a broken record this, this summit say, hey, submit, get, you know, check us out on GitHub, blah, yep. blah, blah. And I'll say it again, you know, anything people want, uh, any feedback, GitHub is probably the best way to reach us or, or any kind of bugs that way. But, um, we do want to kind of design for the masses as well and understand that like there is yeah. more, maybe people who are, are more night or less informed about the shell, but, uh, still use it daily. So. Right. Still critical to what they do. Exactly. So I'll uh, just, I was mostly asking that or saying that for our audience to just understand these are complex problems. Pe these, uh, people from the PowerShell team are out here in the community doing their best, trying to solve these problems. The more we can communicate and contribute to that, the better. And as mm -hmm. we can see, they're receptive. Absolutely. So file those issues, communicate, and we'll all be better for it. F file the issues without being a jerk about it. <laughs> I agree with that. But I tell you, from my experiences, a lot of the people on the PowerShell team are pretty emotionally mature where they can handle and understand the context of people are frustrated when they deal with problems sometimes. We, we, we can understand the frustration. Unfortunately, you know, um, certain situations we can only do as much and we can't, unfortunately, please everyone. But, um, you know, we're, we're trying our best. See, that type of thing sounds like not exactly like an imposter syndrome type situation, but like you always have someone unhappy no matter what. Are you comfortable with um, knowing that? Or have you just accepted it's like, you know, you're never going to make it? Or is it something that you have to kind of remind yourself of at times? Um, it's a good question. I, I ultimately, I mean, you know, gut reaction is like, oh, it's a bummer that we yeah, can't yeah. make something that please that works out for everyone and and but but the more i learn it's just preference so i i can't i can't fault anyone for a particular preference i have weird quirks with my technologies that i use you know i you know i yeah i just have like weird things that are just habitual for me it's all habitual right. so i can't fault people for for that kind of stuff at all and so um no i i i don't i don't think it it bothers me um it's just we hope people can be empathetic towards the, to the greater 
community when it comes to that. But hey, it's all it's all good. So I, I agree. But it'd be easier for relationships when there's like a little bit of mutual respect and some healthy convo. But from what I've seen, we have a pretty um oh communicative community. Yeah, let's. I mean, let's make something clear. Like the, we have a very very welcoming communities. Yep, so I, sure. I don't want to paint the wrong picture here that uh, the community is very, very welcoming. Right. We're all very, very open to any sign of feedback. I just love so. that type of stuff. So I love to to get a feel of how people deal with that kind of thing. Sure. Of course. But, now it's time to get serious. Do you think Steven is technical enough to handle the common parameters? Um, I think maybe, maybe, maybe this guy can handle it. I don't know. All right, so this is going to be, it's three questions. Three big time okay. questions. This is the most difficult questions you're ever going to have to answer. Do you think you're ready? Sure. All right, question one. And this is extra fun coming as a PM at Microsoft. What's one time you made a mistake at work and uh, what did you learn from it? Oh, boy. Do you want to be here all day? <laughs> um, oh, boy. Um... Normally we prepare our guests and send them a Yeah, I, think, yeah, I gotta fine. think about this. I mean, um, I don't know. I've, I've had you know a couple mistakes here where I get you know different products in Azure confused. Azure Stack, HCI, Azure Stack, Azure uh, HCI. You know, alone. Yeah. Like you know, I, I've I've kind of mistyped that, and sometimes in emails, and I feel very silly. I. Um, I don't know, just very silly things. I'm, I'm I kind of make mistakes on. I <laughs> yeah. mispronunciations. Uh, um, like saying your podcast yeah, guest name wrong. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. Right? No, no, no. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's, it's a call that. I, I'm going to find out who did that and really give him a chance. Really, that guy. That <laughs> yeah. guy. No, no. I mean, um, I don't know. I've, I've just, I've had little, not, nothing major, major mess ups. Uh, I'd say, you know, it's just. Me just trying to make sure I catch up with all the technology knowledge that people are sharing you know, in these meetings and across these uh, teams. It's just, oh boy, it's a lot. So it <laughs> it's always going to be drinking out of a fire. I ask another question. Can I? No, no. So how do you wrap your head around the impact that your work does, PowerShell? But how do you wrap your head around that? Because it's weird. Because it's not just helping people write commands faster. It's empowering them to make bigger changes, to do more stuff, to get more money, to take better care of their families and themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I, I, so, <laughs> no, no, I'm getting, yeah, I was like, I'm going to have an existential moment here. It's like, oh God. Is it, I was like, <laughs> Making him process it here. Well, I think, I think for me, I came into it not understanding the kind of impact that there was. Um, and obviously I am learning that impact as I'm attending these conferences and yeah. being part of this community and, and obviously telemetry, I see the numbers. I know the numbers that we're doing every month and shout out, we've had over a billion PowerShell sessions almost every month since October. That's huge. So we need to start just, yeah, uh, what's up? just quick plug on that. Cause we're, we're very That's just huge. over the moon about that. So, <laughs> wow. but, um, uh, let me get back to the original. I mean, that's a healthy question. sign. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, what was the original? Oh yeah, so it was. It's definitely daunting to 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 know that this product is used by so many people. I think these conferences really solidify it because I get to meet the faces behind the GitHub usernames. I get to talk with people about their everyday challenges. I get to talk to people about their life, where they're from. Like you know, there's a level of empathy that, no matter how how much did you know we we communicate online that won't be there until i kind of meet them in person i think it's just kind of how yeah. i am 
Um, so uh, it's, it's it's daunting, but you know it's also extremely exciting, and it makes me feel extremely grateful to be part of this. Uh, yeah. And just just like wow, I don't know where my life or like I just didn't expect this in my career plans or, or whatever. So it's, I can relate to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Actually, surprising. That is a great lead-in for the second common parameter. Oh, okay. Uh, don't be surprised. I'm a pro. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, what's with everything you know now and sure. all your time? What's one piece of advice you'd give your younger self when you were first starting in IT? When I first started at Microsoft, or just what? in IT in general? In IT in general, learn PowerShell. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I should talk a little bit about my my IT experience because I I do have some. I'm not completely fresh out of water with this stuff. I, my, my family um, owns and operates a, a small winery in Northern California. And um, some other guy, some other guy at this conference had the same situation, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Are they copying me or something? <laughs> <No. Go ahead. laughs> but, but um, I grew up in a you know, small town in, in, in Northern California. Wine was the whole industry there. Um, you know, I, I caught into tech pretty early and got very into tech. And so I did a lot of the IT work for our, our my family's business, setting up the network, setting up nice. a load balancer because we were in the middle of nowhere had to get some ISP. Admin, so no it's a um I helped set up the initial website, wow, helped nice. did security system. I still get, you know, emails here and there about Microsoft keys being uh or Microsoft subscriptions expiring or whatever and emails, all that sort of stuff. So uh I started out that way. I think I think for me, I didn't know kind of the automation space that it could, we're, we're a small enough business where, hey, you know, if I go right. around to five or six computers a day, like it's not too bad for me, but, you know, setting up for that kind of scalability and manageability would have helped me a lot. So yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. And um, so, you know, be it PowerShell or just be it kind of understanding the greater IT space, getting exposed to it somehow earlier, I think would have helped me a lot there. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think uh, I would say kind of, you know, there's there's an eye-opening world with with IT and and being at this role because you don't see the guys who are making everything run in this world right. behind the scenes. I think you know, for me, sometimes DevOps still gets a little confusing to me. You know what what's done, but you know, the more I've been part of this community and more of I've been uh, learning about this stuff, it's just been like, oh, you guys make the world run. It's like it's 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 kind of crazy all the back end stuff that needs to go on and you know just all the infrastructure needed to you know make a simple you know login Google search right. uh, whatever work. Oh yeah. Um, and it's 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 quite abstracted from the everyday users. So when I was younger, I you know I just knew what was in front of me. Right. So, um, yeah. Some good advice. I want to ask more other questions. Can you ask just one more question? You do different. what you got to do, man. Go for it. All right. Well, <laughs> what are three different facts about you? Could be, I'm into this. I do this hobby. Sure. Did you know that I used to be a circus clown for six months? Whatever it is. <laughs> three facts. Yeah. Three, three facts. facts. Three, three, three facts. things about you. Let me see. Oh, they can be embarrassing. They don't have they to be fun. They can be embarrassing. <laughs> That's what uh, I say. You don't have to. Well, I usually do the wine thing. People, people like the wine. <laughs> uh, or it's just a, I guess it's, for me, it's that, that's just where I grew up. And right. It's uh um, good everyone in my, everyone growing up was all in wine. So uh, right. going in college was just like, oh, nobody's not, in, nobody understands wine. It's like, no, but um, for for me, it's uh let me think. I am. Are you a wine drinker now? I am a wine drinker okay. now. I am not a wine snob. Okay. But, 
you know, I can appreciate it. I can. Re- <laughs> That's <laughs> but, a good distinction. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. But um, let me think. What other fun facts about me? I very outdoorsy. Like to be outdoors. Um, I am a. Uh, oh, I'm a, a dual citizen with Switzerland. Oh, very so cool. A lot of family in Switzerland nice. there, so I spend a lot of time there. Wow, um, cool. When I can. Um, Are you remote worker? I am a remote worker, oh. but I spend, I, I'm probably going to the office the most out of anyone in our team, but, oh, really? um, how remote close or far? I'm pretty close. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm like 10 minutes oh, away. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> remote, you just work from home, but still in the same city kind of deal. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I just, cool. I got to do laundry during the day or something. I'd say. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> I've been on that work from home grind for no, a long but, time now. Um, okay. I'll think of one more cause I've kind of rattled off a couple. Let me see. Were you uh, a DJ? Were you a rapper? DJ? Oh, no, 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 no. I was. I, well, actually, kind of on that, not really on that vein, but I was the director for my high school's news show. Oh. And did some pretty pretty fun and creative shows. So nice. I'm, I'm out there on the internet, interweb somewhere. I was usually behind the camera most of the time, but I, I, I came up with all the ideas. And so I always wow. like, like looking or uh, had a lot of fun just with a camera. Young Steven the Memer. Yep. <laughs> love it. Love it. I think I'm in the last episode. <laughs> Where we, we, yeah, we, 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 uh, what he did, we did a, a parody of Sabotage by Be- Beastie Boys, like their music video. But, nice. and so I'm wearing a fake mustache in, in high school. And, oh my you know, gosh, it's, it's, right. it's, we had, we had fun with that. So, Good wasn't memories. a DJ or rapper, but do have some videos of me online. So, cool. that's pretty cool. Those are some good answers. Fantastic. So, answers. Yeah. That one. All right. You, last common parameter. Last common parameter. It, Let's it, see. Is, is okay he going to shield for himself? Yeah. Please it, go ahead. It'd man. be weird I, if I got you my questions in. Go oh, ahead. What are your three favorite modules? Three favorite modules. Yes, you can shill your own stuff. It's okay. PS Reline, PS Reline, PS... No. <laughs> version 1. Version, version 1, version yeah. 2, version 2.25. No, <laughs> that was a good one. No. Um, uh, I got I to gotta do number one PS Reline, personally. Sure. That's uh, fair predictors too. are my bread and butter now, and so... Um, I, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, PS Reline's been my, my, my go-to lately. Um, let me see. I'm thinking about... You know, there was someone who did... I guess this module wasn't posted, but there was a journal kind of quick note diary oh, nice. module that I was seeing here at Summit. I don't know if he's published it yet. Um, that one I've been looking forward to. That's at least up in mind because I was talking to him about it last night. And I always take random notes here and there from like in like a notepad or a note. note um, I saw that. Whatever. I saw you. So you had like, like yellow pages. Yellow pages, whatever. It's like, yeah. So um, I uh, I need to consolidate some of that stuff. So I like that one. Right, that one right. looks cool. Um let me try to think what other, what other modules uh, have been fun. I like Microsoft.PowerShell.Console GUI tools. I mm. like that one. I know it's not maybe in your <laughs> hey, purview. I like that one though. That's a good one. Um, I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of, oh, well, I'll, I'll plug this, you know, now just because it's, it's, it's been pretty cool and it's absolutely filling up my Twitter feed is the um, power, excuse me. Um, the PowerShell AI module by Doug. Oh Fink. yeah. Um, that one I've been uh, chatting with Doug a bit about. It's it's pretty cool, and I, I you know I myself have been intrigued by AI in general. So we can we can save that for another topic nice. on on a podcast. I mean, but uh, it ties into predictors a little bit. Too. It does tie into predictors exactly. Right. So um, I think kind of uh, I find a lot of interest in the behavioral expectations of things um, and kind of the anticipations we might have with with AI. And that was one of my my core. You know, themes. I think AI is going to accelerate the expectation for assistance in all sorts of facets, and it's already yep. there. 
oh, we yeah. just don't really recognize it. And so it, that's what I really want to tie into the natural design of improvements to PS3 and the shell itself and everywhere else PowerShell may be. So, yeah. Sweet. There you go. Did I pass? Or you pass. The, uh, you did. Uh, you did. <laughs> you did. You <laughs> the, the, the common parameters there. And you got five of them instead of three. So yeah, you we, tried, we tried mixing up. I threw some extra questions in there. I said three facts about you. Embarrass yourself. Put your foot in your mouth. And you didn't do it. So rolled at the punches. Hey, I'm, I don't know if you're aware of this, but oh my god, you are in the presence of true greatness. Uh, they actually recently found a new Egyptian tomb uh, that foretold the coming of the greatest Schiller in history. <laughs> And uh, all signs point to that that uh, story being about the coming of Andrew Pla. And now you get a front row seat to watch Andrew shill a podcast. <laughs> take, take it away, Andrew. Question. What programming language has over a billion... Wait, I said a billion? A, a billion, billion sessions. With a B? With sessions. A B. Well, that's right. It's PowerShell. And what is the number one weekly podcast of PowerShell? In the world, we're talking? That's right, the PowerShell podcast. If you're listening right now, thanks to Steven for the amazing interview. Give us a five-star review. Say what's up. Like, comment, subscribe. Hit us up, PowerShell at PDQ.com. You can find me on the internet at Andrew Plotek. He's at DevOpsJordan. Our PowerShell podcast is at PowerShell Pod. Steven, where can we find you, my man? Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, my name is Steven Booker. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Steven, S-T-E-V-E-N, Booker, B-U-C-H-E-R, 13, uh, on Twitter. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn on that same name. Um, and uh, GitHub Stephen Booker 98. Awesome. So, yeah. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. Right, thanks, thank man. you very much. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the PowerShell Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. He's a troublemaker. He's a rabble rouser. The PowerShell Podcast is a production of PDQ.com, making device management simple, secure, and pretty damn quick.